Hey, everybody, welcome back to our podcast, Live Love Finance with Corazon and Tiana. So this week, Corazon posted a really interesting Instagram post that we wanted to discuss because I thought that it had truth to it. And I thought that some things were discussed worthy. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So what made you repost this? So I think that was very insightful overall. So it came from a business account and that really talks about business, but it incorporated a lot of life events and a lot of financial circumstances as well. So I thought it was worth reading through, um, worth evaluating and worth today discussing. Let's get into it. All right. So it came from the business growth mentor on Instagram. And so let's give them a shout out because they do have a lot of growth tips for your businesses and it's worth going to check it out. So it was called the eighth truth that changed my life. And number one was success is 5% brains and 95% consistency. Do you feel like that is a fact that was true in your life? I definitely think that it's true. Um, And honestly, I've realized in life that just showing up and putting in effort will take you a lot further than the average person. Because I hate to say it, (laughs) but people are lazy. (laughs) I mean, being in the workforce, I have realized like, the reason that I've been able to succeed is not because I'm necessarily more talented than anybody else or the smartest person in the room, but just the fact that I'm willing to put in work every single day, show up and be consistent has really helped me to succeed. And so I think that that does carry some weight in it and it has in my life, you know, and I've been in positions to in my professional career where I have been the person in the room that has been there the least amount of time. But because of that consistency, that showing up, the being willing to learn and open and putting my best foot forward has elevated me, you know, mm-hmm. and I just noticed a trend in, you know, other people's lives as well. So I definitely do think that being consistent, showing up and putting your best foot forward and doing the work, you know, because here's another thing, you can only fake it till you make it so long, right? And I've come across people that do that, you know, they fake it till they make it, but they're not progressing, right? Because at some point in time, the work speaks for itself. And so I think that's where that consistency and hard work comes into play. Right. I agree. Um, I don't know that it's 5% though, because you can have consistency, but if you don't have the education behind it, you may not get to where you want to be. So I think that maybe the numbers is off, but I definitely agree that the marriage of the two, the education, the brains, the knowledge, and consistency, keeping up with what it is that you want to do showing up is definitely important. Because, you know, we all know that person, though, that's smart as get out, and they're not consistent. So, They don't get to where they need to be. So yeah, I I definitely think this is a good 
point to bring up with finances as well, because you can have all the knowledge you need about finances, but if you're not consistently saving and putting the effort into making a difference in your finances, it's not going to go anywhere. Preach. And nothing happens overnight, right? Right. So no one saves, you know, thousands of dollars overnight or pays thousands of debt overnight. That it is a consistency there, an effort there that has to take place in order to meet those goals. And so you're absolutely right. It takes, it's just, it's, transferable in all aspects of our lives, whether it's in our career, in our home life, in our financial goals. And it doesn't mean you can't, because I've definitely fallen off (laughs) my finances. (laughs) You know, I've had bad months. Everybody has bad months. But again, you're almost building your muscles when you're consistent, which allows you to continue to show up. It's like, then you almost, it's the same, it's with me with the gym. You know, when I don't go to the gym, I'm thinking about the fact that I'm not in the gym. Like I still may not go, but (laughs) but because I've built this, like these muscles and around, and I say muscles, but like, you know, it's, I built this consistency around showing up at the gym that when I don't show up and even when I'm not going to show up, I think about it. And I think about the fact that I should have been there doing (laughs) right. (laughs) And then there's this like guilt trip. Right. So it's like, it, then it like kind of becomes in your DNA. You know, personal finances, because of how long I've been doing it now and how long I've been consistent is just like a regular part of my life. Right. Right. And routine helps. What is it? Uh, It takes 27 days to form a habit. Yep. So. Well, that's what they say anyway. (laughs) I need to try it on my diet. Exactly. I was like, but for some reason, when it comes to exercise and diet, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) So number two is your time and energy are leaking from three cracks, social media, overthinking, and meaningless relationships. Instead of productivity hacks, fix these cracks first. So what it's saying is, that most of our time and energy is going into social media, overthinking things and relationships that don't matter to us. Do you agree, disagree? Oh man, I definitely agree. (laughs) I have been guilty of spending way too much time just intaking information from social media than I should be, where I could be spending that time on myself, my growth, my business. So I definitely think that that gets in the way. I think the whole concept of this is your time and the value of time in general. And you that's the only thing in life that you don't really get back. So utilizing it, spending all that time on social media, spending it on pointless relationships, spending it on um, things that don't matter or have any weight in your life. I definitely agree with that, that it's a waste of time, (laughs) honestly, is where that is getting to. And that if you have those layers built into your life, it doesn't matter the number of productivity hacks that you have, right? Because those things are seeping through and seeping into your life and taking the time away. So no matter how productive you want to be, it makes it difficult when you're consumed by those type of things. So I'm half and half on this. Okay. okay, And I totally admit that it's not saying that these are the only things or that this 
is the reason for X, Y, and Z. I get that. But when I read it, I'm like, well, but these things exist not to everybody though, right? So your time and energy, yes, some people are spending more time on social media than what they should probably, but not everybody. And social media has its purpose, right? And so when we're talking about trying to connect with others, because what we also know, everybody that is supposed to be in your life is not always in the same place as you. So the easiest way to connect is through social media. So are we wasting our time on social media? I don't know. I don't know that. Yeah. You know, it is just, I can't think it just depends on how some people are using it. I think it's the overconsumption of those things, right? And with anything in life, when we're overconsuming things, so I don't think that they're stating that social media necessarily is bad, but I think that it's an overconsumption that is the bad part, right? Right. And I guess what I'm thinking is, is a too general of a statement for me. Okay. When it comes to productivity hacks, you don't know what you don't know until you know it, right? Which leads me to a question. What's your favorite productivity hack? Oh man, probably the cleaning hacks. No, it's weird. But like, so growing up, you're either taught ways to do things or you're not and you teach yourself how to do things. And they're not always the most effective ways to do things, right? So sometimes when it comes to cleaning, some of those hacks are legit faster than what you were taught <laughs> how to do. So I think those are probably my So, favorite. okay, I have to know an example because <laughs> I have never been taught a, a cleaning productivity. I might need one in my life. Uh, let me see. <laughs> probably my favorite one, using toothbrushes to get into cracks and stuff like that. Oh, Not right. everybody do that or was even taught to do that. There's many on the TikToks and Facebooks of the world, but stuff like that, you're like, oh, well, maybe I should try that. That was just a simple example, but there's yeah. other things that's like, oh, okay. Now, some of them you probably shouldn't try on a regular basis, <laughs> but sometimes they're beneficial as far as overthinking and meaningless relationships if that is something that you are going through yes it is absolutely sucking your energy and you should fix that agreed so (laughs) I guess my hesitation about this one in particular was mainly towards social media number three if someone can't tell you what their flaws are they have the most dangerous flaws of them all, a lack of self-awareness. So we got into a little bit about self-awareness on the last podcast episode. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. But in this self-awareness was a real thing for me um, when I was trying to get my life together because it, it was the moment that really changed and transformed my life was having an honest self-realization moment 
alignment Mm -hmm. of where I was in my life and where I wanted to be. So I I think that self-awareness is very important to your growth, to each person's growth and to their relationship with other people. And I think that being able to take ownership of that is very important. Now I'm trying to remember, so what was it? Lack of self. So they're saying that if someone isn't able to tell you their flaws, that that is dangerous because they lack self-awareness. Yeah. If that person wants to tell you <laughs> to, if a person right. wants to tell you all their flaws, you know, um, go ahead. And see, I think that's kind of where I am. So is it that they can't tell you or do they not want to tell you? And is it really the most dangerous of the flaws? Who is it dangerous for them? possibly but is it right you know social social media has made us like so intrusive into other people's lives <laughs> like we deserve to know every little aspect of who they are what they're doing with their life or you have did you have breakfast today did you take your dog out you know like it's just this yeah like, to disclose all this information and so people it's like an entitlement now you know, right. to know every single aspect of people's lives and so you shouldn't be entitled to that by any means. And so you're right. I think that having, you know, some things to yourself is completely okay. Now, if a person truly themselves feels like they don't have any flaws, then yes, they probably do lack self-awareness. Right. Absolutely. We all have flaws, you know? If, If someone truly do not know what their flaws are, (laughs) then Yes, they lack self-awareness, but I still do not necessarily think that's the most dangerous flaw of them all. Mm, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're watching, Love is Blind, and what is that guy's name? Shake lacks so, it's like he can't read the room he does not have self-awareness. And, you know, that's where you get a lot of people that are narcissists, right? Because they lack self-awareness. And so, I don't know. I might have to beg to differ on that one. <laughs> but do you think that that's the most dangerous of them all? <sighs> There's so many. Right. I think that that is the only statement here that I disagree with. Because I don't necessarily know that that's the most dangerous of them all. And again, I know that I'm being very literal with this, (laughs) but it is not healthy. Like, let's talk about Love is Blind. Shout out to the Love is Blind fans. (laughs) Shake, who we brought up just a minute ago, was all about looks and what someone can do for him at first, right? And then he presented himself as, oh, okay, I changed. She made me change my mind. But then, <laughs> then at the end, I'm not going to give too many spoilers, guys. But at the end, it was like, oh, nothing fazed me. It's a party everywhere. But did his self-awareness, I mean, it could have been dangerous to uh, Deep D. But because she was aware it didn't really create the effect that it could have but do you think that when we talk about people and their lack of self-awareness though do you really think it has that much of an impact on other people oh I definitely do (laughs) I think that it does and I think that 
because you don't even know. So some of the other flaws and traits that you wouldn't even be able to recognize because you have a lack of self-awareness, right? Right. So let's example. So like maybe it's like you're aggressive and abusive person, right? But if you lack self-awareness, like somebody might consider that like a a worse trait, right? But they may not even have the self-awareness to recognize that they have a problem, right? Right. So what they're going to do is continue to perpetuate the problem. So that's why I think self-awareness is is important. Um, It's definitely important. I don't know how I would categorize it, but I do think it's up there. Yeah. And and of course, when we're talking about abuse of others, um, that's a whole another playing field now this next one is interesting it says number four imagine playing a monopoly and never buying any assets or investments that generate income imagine you just went around collecting two hundred dollars giving your money to the rich and trying to stay out of jail this is how most people live their lives and oh my goodness that I feel like that is a realization that most of us don't see, but it's true. A lot of people are living that way. Yeah. And it's, it's sad, you know, I'll be honest. I feel like a lot of minorities are living this way. Right. And I think that it's deeply rooted. If we think about how wealth was built in this country and who holds the majority of the wealth and then therefore the lessons and the things that were passed down it definitely is something that is self-rooted in the past where minorities are afraid to invest you know there's a there's a deep-rooted fear in losing their money and losing what it is that they paid for and or putting their money somewhere not knowing what's going to happen to it that's why we're we're still the majority of people that put um our money under our mattress like yep. you know you know yeah who does that we do <laughs> there's a lack of trust like we don't trust banks right you know and so it's such a deep-rooted issue but the fact remains by doing so you're literally setting yourself back and not allowing yourself to generate wealth in your life and or beat inflation right because inflation increases every single year and the only way that you are able to beat inflation is by investing your money and allowing it to compound for you and so when people aren't taking advantage of those measures they're literally not only not investing and growing their money they're losing money Absolutely. And you can even put this towards thinking about retirement and what happens when you can't care for yourself anymore. People are going broke on elder care. And that's, it's sad. This is a sad realization. Not only that, (laughs) it is an unfortunate thing to make other people pay for the thing you didn't take care of. And that's what ends up happening, unfortunately. You know, you see the GoFundMe account where kids are requesting dollars and funds for their parents and their family members. And maybe it's due to lack of ability, right? And there's a difference, right? There's a difference between the lack of the ability and those who are able to do something and put something away. But I'm speaking to those who are able to do something. Um, right. And don't. It's really a disservice for those around you that actually end up being impacted in their lives because of those decisions or really lack thereof decisions, financial decisions. 
Absolutely. I really hope to one day see more people of color get out of the paycheck to paycheck mindset because sometimes it really is a mindset that you're in because of fear. Yeah. And excited about this generation and what social media has allowed us to do was just obtain a lot, a lot of knowledge and to be able to utilize it to our advantage. And so the whole mentality of just collecting money and giving it away, you know, um, we're making other people rich. African-Americans are the number one consumers in the United States. And we're making everyone else rich outside of ourselves. And so how do you do that? How do you make yourself richer? You invest in real estate, you invest in, you invest in general, right? That's silent, being a silent investor, whether that's investing in stocks, whether that's putting money into your retirement, you build a business, right? You find ways to generate income outside of your nine to five. And so it's very important to try to figure out, and not everyone wants to be a business owner, but you can generate money, income without being a business owner, investing, you can invest your money, right? That's a form of passive, um, of generating passive income. And so there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Absolutely. Number five is someone's ability to resist material things says more about their character rather than their ability to obtain them. What do you think? I disagree with this. (laughs) Um, And this is where that mindset that the fact that somebody is buying nice things or likes nice things or buying material things that they're not a good person. And that's absolutely false. And it makes me think of a scarcity mindset, somebody having more of a scarcity mindset. It's like that things are bad. It's not things that are bad. It's just the way that we move about things, right? Like it's not a bad thing to have a nice car. It's not a good thing if that you aren't able to afford the nice car, right? There's a right. difference in that. And so that's where it makes me think that it's like a scarcity mindset because they're just focusing on people that can't count out the people that have the ability to obtain nice things do so. So part of it is trying to talk, I think, towards discipline, but I don't think they captured it well in this statement because I do think that discipline is a good thing to have and practicing discipline is something that should be implemented into our lives. But again, you can be an undisciplined person and be, still be a good person and still have good character. So Absolutely. And that's kind of what I saw in this too was, okay, I think they're talking about the discipline of someone. However, in this statement, we're saying that since you can't not buy Louis Vuitton, <laughs> there's a flaw in your character. And I disagree with that. I, I'm, I have the same thought as you that it just depends on how you're doing it and if you can afford to do so. And that's another conversation on well, what determines affordability, you know? But I think that I think that we both agree that this statement in itself, we both disagree on. <laughs> now, number six is just because a relationship has lasted a long time doesn't mean it's working. Ooh. <laughs> this is a I, good one. It is a good one. I agree. <laughs> And I definitely agree too. You know, um, 
sometimes we outstay the how long we should be in something in a circumstance or situation. And this doesn't even go for just personal relationships. This could be like your job, right? Absolutely. You know, people stay in miserable circumstances due to the longevity of it, due to the comfort of it, right? Um, even though those are spaces that we should be trying to get away from. So I definitely agree with this statement and, and do feel like that it, it happens quite often. What about, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. When you're talking about jobs and when you're talking about personal relationships, a lot of people stay in these relationships because it's what's comfortable for them. And I say that loosely. When I say comfortable for them, I'm more so talking in the form of familiarity. It's familiar. That's what they know. And moving on is not easy. It's scary. And so people don't. (laughs) right because there's the fear of the unknown we don't know what's going to happen if I leave this situation when it comes to relationship I don't know what's going to happen when I leave this job I don't know if I'm going to like the new building that I go to or whatever the case may be it all goes back to the fear of and I agree with this because people stay in these jobs for 20 something years still (laughs) and it's toxic Which makes me want to ask, do people with higher means move out of those spaces a lot quicker? Mm. I would love to see the numbers on that, but I would off the top of my head say probably because they don't have the fear of not making the next paycheck. And that's kind of where we go back to me saying, I would really like to see people of color move out of the paycheck to paycheck mindset because then the freedom to move on is not as um you're not locked down as much as you feel yeah. like you are when you're living paycheck to paycheck so even in, in relationships yeah Sorry. yeah even in relationships because what we do know about the system of abuse is or the circle of abuse whatever you want to call it is that a lot of times not all the time but a lot of times the abuser has an upper hand financially than the person that's being abused. And so they're not able to leave or, well, they think they're not able to leave because all of their resources is in that one basket that happens to be their abuser. Absolutely. So yeah, I definitely think that having the means makes it easier for people to navigate those spaces and to be able to just leave circumstances that they are truly unhappy in, whether that's a job, whether that's a relationship. I definitely think that it makes a difference in people's lives. I mean, I've been in position jobs where I've been unhappy. I've only been one in one job where I was unhappy. And, you know, and a lot of the decisions that have to be made are financial, right? Right. And those are the things that have to be considered. Now, where I was then versus where I am now, I'm in a way better financial position to just not have to take things or be disrespected or be in circumstances that are toxic. And I have the financial means to make the decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this because I don't have to. And I think that that is power, you know, and it's such an empowering feeling, but unfortunately not everyone has that capability or ability. Absolutely. And that's, something worth striving for so I definitely say to wrap up this statement is 
if you're in a toxic relationship with your job or a relationship personally to make a plan, a financial plan and a total safety plan to get out of it because it's not safe. And the longer that you're in it, the more unsafe it's going to be. There's resources that you can go to to find different financial ways to help. Um, There's organizations that will help with housing and otherwise. So reach out to your local information center, 211. They have resources for everything that you may need, every situation that you may need. Next is number seven, and it says self-respect comes from self-control. You'll never respect yourself if you're a slave to people-pleasing and external validation. You know, I was, the first part I was skeptical, but the way it ended, (laughs) I definitely have to then shift to agree with that and just making sure that you aren't doing things for other people. Absolutely. that you are doing things for yourself, your own happiness, your own joy, your own fulfillment. And, you know, it's so hard, I think, in these days, because, again, we live in this social media world where it's like the comparison, right, which is the thief of joy. And so this is where the awareness has to come into play, being aware that a lot of that is a facade in the first place. And then secondly, not falling prey to that and having control or trying to control those feelings based off of that awareness, I think is definitely key to to happiness and joy. What are your thoughts? So I feel like this would have been more appropriate to bring self-awareness in. Yeah. Because you have to know where you are doing things, kind of what you said, doing things just to please others, or are you doing it because it truly makes you happy to do it? But the thing is, I don't necessarily think that people pleasing or having that trait is a lack of self-respect or self-control though. I do think that maybe self-control can help with this, but I don't necessarily think that you don't have it if you have this trait. I do think a lot of it's learned though. Yeah. So the reason I agree is So they're saying you'll never respect yourself if you're a slave to people pleasing. And I see that as respecting other people more than you respect yourself. You know, when you're doing that, and I, and I I think that we all have, I have a, I have a tendency to people please because I always want to do like my best work and I tend to be kind of a, um, not just a control freak, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. a, um, like a perfectionist, but I don't feel like it's something that consumes Right. Me personally, but I do think that if it is something that got to a point where it was something that consumed my life and I wanted external validation from every single person in my life and, or, um, right. you know, and I respected others' opinions before I respected myself, then that does start to deteriorate your self-respect when it's always dependent on other things and other people. And so when I like, for example, mine tends to come from work. Like I like to do a good job at work. So I always want to know like, Hey, am I doing okay? Am I doing well? But when it comes to a point where it's too much of that, or it's outside of that and it's in your personal life, it's affecting your family relationships, your friendships, your um, personal relationships. I do think that that can overtake your self-respect for yourself yeah that's where I think that comes in 
that makes sense. But I don't know that having a boundary issue is equivalent to lack of self-respect. Explain. So I feel like you can still have respect for yourself, right? And again, I think I think this just goes back to my original statement that I think you need to know the difference between pleasing somebody for yourself and pleasing somebody for them, right? Who are you doing it for? But I don't necessarily know that you don't have respect for yourself because you're doing things for other people. That's a boundary issue, right? You don't necessarily not respect yourself because you have a boundary issue because you can still respect yourself in different ways, right? Like maybe it's what you're doing for them. It kind of just depends because this is a general statement, but it kind of just depends. But I don't think that you don't respect yourself because you are a people pleaser. I think that is a trait that you have. And definitely a trait. (laughs) And I think it's a more of a boundary issue rather than a respect issue. And I don't think those two correlate necessarily. It just depends on the person. (laughs) And then as far as validation for others, I mean, that it is what it is. That's an issue that you have to address. (laughs) (laughs) And then number eight is the last one. And we talk about social media in this one. Um, Social media is designed to make you think maybe I should be somewhere else doing something else with someone else. But if you always think of your happiness is somewhere else, it's never going to be where you are. I agree. And that's the part of social media. It exposes us to new things, which I think is actually an amazing thing. I think it's a beautiful thing especially for some of us that have not grown up with an exposure to certain things, Mm -hmm. to know that certain things are possible. Now, the downside, we talked about this, right, is that comparison is the thief of joy. Sometimes we see other ways that people are living their lives and or what it is that they have. It can become a, it can become negative, right? Right. Um, And just being able to hone in on that and understand that is going to be just very important to consider. And I, I'm the type of person that I can be guilty of always wanting the next thing. Mm-hmm. I have the, this, I'm like obsessed with reaching goals. I don't know when I became this person, <laughs> but I truly enjoy having goals and accomplishing them. And then I'm like on to the next one. And I remember one time my husband asked me, he was like, like, when is it going to be enough? <laughs> he like literally asked me that because he just, was, he was curious. Like, cause I, I'm like, all right, next go. We did it. <laughs> what we going to do next? And he's like, and I'm just that wired that way. And he's wired. Like he's like chilling, right? He's chilling on the couch. <laughs> 
he's watching his sports <laughs> and I'm like I like I've got like a thousand things to accomplish in a day so <laughs> we're like very different in that and so like it really does like give me joy it's like this weird thing mm-hmm. to like knock things out of the park to get things done to check my box the box off my to-do list I think I'm I'm definitely very happy in life but I think that it's something that you could toe the line on, right? Because right. you have to be, you also have to be equally satisfied with where you are today and take time to bask in that. Um, and that's thing, that's where like the practice comes into play is making sure that when we, where we are in our lives, we're truly enjoying it. Whether that's like we go on a vacation, we're doing that and enjoying it. Whether that we do accomplish something and we go get some drinks because we did the <laughs> damn thing, you know, but just making sure that we're also staying grounded with where we are and appreciate appreciating where we are. Um, but I, I don't lie, I struggle with the like next thing because I just love getting to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree. So while that obviously wasn't the purpose of social media that's what it became right social media was not designed that way but (laughs) that's what it became though when you know it became nationwide first it became a place where we were sharing everything rather than just a one sentence status that started with (laughs) such and such is (laughs) Um, and then you know that's I agree that if you're constantly in a area where you're like, oh, maybe I should do the shouldas, shoulda, coulda, wouldas of the world, um, it does hinder your happiness in the future because you're not focused on being still and being in the here and now. Present. Um, yeah, be present with yourself. And your joy, just to like make it clear, your joy and your happiness should not be dependent on you know, being somewhere else. And if that is the case, I think that's something deeper to work through right. too. Um, you know, cause obviously I love accomplishing goals, but in general, like I'm happy. Absolutely. Looking for it in the future. And it's, it's that thought it's that I'm going to be happy when this, right. I'm going to be happy when this happens. Um, your that happiness is dangerous. Yeah, your happiness is determined on something else. And that, like you said, can be dangerous. And you have to figure out a way, whether it's getting into therapy or figuring out what really are you looking for in life to figure out how to get back your joy where it's natural and it's just there, right? Um, I did a study when I was in school about social media and the uh, impact that it has on your happiness when you have it and when you don't. And the reality is right now, we're in a place where you're exposed, like you said earlier, to so many things, rather it's death online, rather it's the sadness of other people. We're exposed to things that we've never were before, right? If you didn't read the newspaper, you didn't know what was happening. So um, true. It was an ignorance. And honestly, there's like a bliss to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now you have to set in these times. I know it's hard, but set in these times where you go on these social media fasts to make sure that your life isn't dependent on 
social media isn't dependent on somebody else's happiness because right. you're not going to get very far if it is. So. Agreed. Um, yeah, and so it can definitely have its toxicity. But here, and I think that we blame a lot and too much, maybe even on social media. <laughs> like Maybe. You know, I just even think I always bring it back to just even like being, and it may not only be immigrants that go through this, but I know that for immigrants and for me as growing up as one, this like pressure of like succeeding um, mm -hmm. is so instilled in you. And inadvertently also sometimes parents do things like do comparisons like oh so and so is doing this with their lives yeah <laughs> that then can implant some seeds of doubt and some seeds of you know wanting to always attain or just not even being happy where your current circumstances because you're like just trying to obtain some type of like level of success and so I think that we're putting a lot of power into social media when there's just so many other factors that just even come to play with joy and happiness and trying to fulfill where you currently are. And so definitely some things to consider that aren't even just social media related. Absolutely. Because um, in reality, social media is not necessarily real life. Everything you see on social media is not what it presents itself as. So you definitely have to take into account everything else around you in your environment that's going on. And I mean, like I said, get a therapist <laughs> to see what you need to do to change your environment. Because in reality, some people just need a change of environment, whatever that means for you. Um, and or you might just be depressed, right? Like right. And you might need help um, if you're in a circumstance or situation where you're just like not happy all the time. Um, and right. then, you know, and I think that that's definitely a deeper, something to look at a little bit deeper in general. For sure. Uh, if you feel like it is a different type of non-happiness that you're feeling and you're always, I would say in a feeling of not wanting to get out of bed or like tiredness and you don't have a reason behind it, definitely seek help depression manifests itself in different ways for everybody mm. um but if you feel like you're not right like you know yourself you know yourself yeah. you know when you've actually been happy and if you've never been happy you probably need help too but you know the difference between when you were okay and when you're not absolutely so definitely definitely seek help I also think that social media just sometimes ends up magnifying more of who you might be. Mm -hmm. um, and I know for like for even for the case for me, I'm like a really driven person. So like for social media, if I go out there and I see somebody has done something like or started a business, I'm the type of person that, oh, I think I could start that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if it's and, then, and you have to have those recognize those traits in yourself too, where it's like, if it starts to take over your life in a negative way, like if you get on there and it's just making you sad, if it's making you want a different life, it's making you resent people right. like because of their successes and things like that. I think those are things to just have and, you know, be aware of and be careful of. And it might be a need for social media break, right? Absolutely. Um, 
there are some people that just they could care less and then they go on social media and they could care less again you know (laughs) but that's not everybody though (laughs) very that's why i say it magnifies who you are (laughs) sometimes even more like for sure and also um, I've, I've been it's a different topic and we won't go into it but I've been seeing a lot of bullying on social media lately I mean if that's happening too get off so I have a video out there of me paying my student loans off that has like 400,000 views I have never had so many like so it also brought it brought views and it brought comments <laughs> and so, like majority like I would say like 98% has been completely positive and 2% has been negative, you know? And it's so interesting to me that people really will sit there and comment negatively on somebody else's life that they don't know. It's fa- it's more fascinating to me than anything than like hurt my feelings. The last comment I, I, I cracked up. <laughs> I, they, like, I can't even remember what it was. It was a negative comment, but it was just so like, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know like but um but it's so real like people yeah. really think that they can just say it brings out this ability to say whatever you want not even knowing somebody mm-hmm. and or just like commenting and it's just like amazing, amazing. yeah and they take two seconds or two minutes of whatever you decide to share and it goes elsewhere so I mean it's crazy while you can't always avoid it, I definitely say that if it's getting to the point where you're starting to change imitation, it's probably time to log off for a little bit. Yeah, it can be so mentally draining. And I, I see why probably like celebrities and people deal with a lot of mental health issues. Because I I'm like, that's one post. I can't imagine somebody like or people always negatively having um, something to say about my life and at first I was going toe-to-toe <laughs> yeah and also use your filters man those are the best creations they ever. are oh I know and that, I think these things are really important but you know people probably still get through but man I just think about like I had even like okay we're not going I had to be like I'm just gonna let you be petty and not be petty back which is really hard for me <laughs> but you know like that's a, again like I had to have some self-awareness it had to have self-control all the things we're talking about self-awareness self-control <laughs> get back to my happy space and not See, now that's a good place to put self-control <laughs> I was over here like that 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 <laughs> ready you know and it's like I was like you know if I really which is also like awareness like if I want to get in this life and like you and I are both on social media our business is on our own social media you like can't right like you cannot it's like maybe it's like the universe like preparing yeah. <laughs> you know like it's like this preparation because you can't you can't respond to people it just kind of has to be is what it is and easier probably said than done I think like I had my first like comments and I was like after that I was like whatever people are just going to be people um but I imagine if you have that all the time like how that would affect your mental health like I don't know that's probably why Jay-Z said forget it (laughs) right he's like he got he got out there for two seconds Yeah, you got on social media and he was like, nah, no, never mind. I'm gone. You know, and they even 
they are the like you talk about like self-control and or like privacy man they are king and queen of that absolutely he's probably why this is why she don't make comments or (laughs) (laughs) captions she don't make captions she'd be posting her pictures and all and they even try to attack her like when she didn't make a like she doesn't even really be on social media because she didn't make a post um when it was like there was a lot of controversy around her not supporting like nigeria Mm. um and she like had to respond back or somebody on her team responded back that she was like doing her research and trying to figure out the best platforms or not or best organizations to fund you know but it's like but because it's not posted on social media it's not real like it's just like I get I get awareness right and I do think that when you get to a certain level of fame there are different responsibilities that you may have being in that light but it just goes to show the expectations people have of other people on social media the toxicist the how toxic it can be and yeah sometimes just gotta log off yeah I agree so with that being said next week we're going to be talking about how we started and completed our debt-free journeys (laughs) and I'm really excited about this because Corazon and I did it in a little bit different ways I know that's that's a beauty though I'm like so excited to talk about it because um it can I think people just like we'll have to get into this next week but there's just so much that we can talk about and I'm super excited to talk about it but it'll be proof to show that, you know, you can do it as a single person, you can do it as a couple, and you can do it in a multitude of different ways. Like, it doesn't have to be just what she did, what I did, what whoever, Dave Ramsey, whoever <laughs> the financial guru is of today, did it to be financially stable. Um, so, Thank you so much for joining our podcast. Um, Reach out to us on social medias. I think both of us are on all platforms. They'll be listed in the description box below. Um, Like, subscribe, make comments, everything on every platform. Make sure to to share it as well with your friends and your people, but also make sure you give us your ratings if you like it. Absolutely. Thank you guys. See y'all next week.